be very clear and very thorough about the basics. Uh, in my case, if it's digital product design, I need to understand graphic design at its very fundamental elements, right? Like line spacing, grids, typography, so on and so forth. Like you should look at examples, uh, try and recreate people who you are drawn to, whose work you like. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your brand new podcast called In Your Shoes. This podcast is for you to learn more about new people and professions from around the world. I would like to take you on a journey to understand the life and times of a new person every two weeks and get a chance to get into their shoes to learn what they do, why they do, and how they do it. Hello everyone. Vinod Ramamurthy is an experienced product designer. I have known him since 2011 and I have worked with him on a couple of interesting projects back in the day. He is a creative thinker and a passionate practitioner of his field. I'm so excited to have Vinod on the podcast today. Welcome to the podcast, Vinod. Thank you, Vivek. It's such an honor to be here. And that was a really nice introduction. Thank you so much. You're very kind. You're welcome. So Vinod, for our podcast listeners, could you kindly share a little bit about yourself, like where you come from, what you do for a living? All right. Um... I come from south of India, Tamil Nadu, about 100 kilometers away from uh, the city of Chennai, in a very small town. was born to um, my dad's a doctor, my mom's a homemaker, started life from there. Now I do design and a little bit of programming for a living. <laughs> That's great. So we know for someone who does not understand this field or the industry where you work in, how would you describe your profession to them? Well, I have trouble every time someone asks me this question. <laughs> okay, for someone who does not know what uh, a designer, a product designer does, maybe this is how I should explain it. So I, as a product designer, kind of bridge the gap between technology and the human being and let the human being achieve what they want to achieve, and also what the business wants to achieve in terms of profits and stuff like that. So it's um, it's a big field, product design. Product design includes physical product as well, but um, me as a digital product designer, um, I kind of help products be more human, more approachable, more interactive, um, more intuitive, to be simple and, and useful. To achieve a task, so so that's that's what a, that's what a product designer does actually. Okay, and can you give us an example where you had applied your skills as a product designer, especially with the digital product space? I've worked with a few different domains, but I think I should take the take the example of what I'm working on right now. Uh, in my life, I'm designing a social media platform which does live streaming. And it's a whole new experience for me. So when um, you design for engagement and you design for entertainment, um, the rules that you play by are, are, are kind of slightly different from the way you would normally do it if you're designing a serious product, for example, I don't know, something in fintech, because the margin of error should be very low. Uh, it should be very understandable. It should be very simple. But when you're designing the social media, well, the rules are kind of different. So here you need to 
maintain attention of a, of a human being and that's a really hard thing to do so that's 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 what i'm trying to apply my skills at to to kind of solve these problems okay you mentioned something very interesting uh, let's reflect on that you mentioned about design for engagement and design for entertainment mm-hmm. i really like that part and i think it would be great for the listeners to also understand how do you perceive and understand design for engagement and entertainment it's it's it, it all comes down to understanding the user it, it doesn't matter which kind of product or which domain you're designing for so you you understand hey um am i being clear enough in terms of what i'm showing what are the options that i'm presenting to the user so on and so forth so sometimes um it's actually a very hard nut to crack because when when you do something that no one has done before or or it's a it's a combination of two different things then for example instagram live does exist facebook also does live streaming there are products like periscope tiktok and a lot of these things that already do exist which kind of do the similar thing that we are doing because that's that's a, that's a question that i get a lot from people when i talk about uh, what i'm designing these days hey this this instagram live exists why do you need to exist so well here engagement is is more or less slightly a different concept when it comes to this product because here we are trying to um get an influencer to to kind of earn money while he he broadcasts whatever he wants to broadcast for example a magician or a mu- i don't know music producer kind of doing a live streaming of his song while he's live streaming people could request him to to hey can you do this can you do that and and you know i'm i'm willing to like pay you this much it's 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 like like a platform to to kind of monetize your skill if i may put it that way uh, not just to kind of entertain but also hey make a living out of this thing okay thank you for sharing that at a meta level uh, vinod why do you like to do what you're doing what kind of attracts you to this profession oh that's a great question actually so i don't know i started out as an idealist i i i kind of figured uh, the world is not perfect yet there are so many rules that don't make sense and it took a long time to actually realize hey we don't have to play by the existing rules if they don't make sense to them at all maybe we can stop take a moment think about it because times are changing probably the time when the rule was actually made was not uh the same situation anymore so i don't know like when then when when you do not like the way the world is then you try to change it and you would possibly use the skills that you already have or or that you've acquired over a period of time and 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 now you think about it okay well these are problems and these are problems that i can possibly solve with the skills that i have which is design software mostly so that's that's i don't know it kind of makes me powerful i don't know if design empowers me to 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 be able to solve some of those problems together with people so that's that's probably the motivation for for what i'm doing these days actually that's really interesting to hear thank you and if i may ask you as a follow up to this were you always interested in this even when you were a kid or in your university or in your college or it just came at a certain point in your time in your life Oh that's a that's a great question I <laughs> so many stories are bubbling up in my head but anyway so uh, I think it probably started when I first uh, met uh, a computer 
uh, I mean, I'm probably referring it to, I mean, referring it like person or whatever, but yeah, well, when I saw a computer for the first time, I played Dangerous Day on it, and I was about, I don't know, maybe eight to ten years old, and I, and I was in love ever since, and then I saw people assembling some green um, boards and stuff. Uh, I was I was fascinated by by the whole process of how this thing works and the kind of possibilities that that it, it represented at that time and you know during dial-up times. So I, I kind of got my father to like I convinced him to buy me a computer when I was like about eleven or twelve. Then uh, I don't know my my one of my cousins in school had a book which was about HTML and then some Java and all of that. So we kind of used to try and make some web pages with some marquee text and really blinky stickers and stuff like that. But that was way back in the day. Um, well, the uh, family wanted me to be a doctor like my father. He was grooming me since I was young. I, I realized that now, but <laughs> when he was doing it, I didn't. And I was not very... You know, on, 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 on uh, doctors have very low margin of error. You don't have uh, a process of, of experimenting, like if you, because the consequences are going to be grave. So um, I, I, I was not very happy about about that profession at all. I actually didn't like it at all. So I was I was more bent towards art because my mom was uh, a painter. She used to do a lot of crafts and arts, and she's always making things like embroidery, tailoring. Uh, I don't know, she also spins some wire bags and stuff. So I was very hands-on and I loved the process of making something. So probably thanks to her, uh, I kind of have the quality in me. So I, I just made the random things, um, websites, paintings, um, some small contraptions to like, <laughs> uh, just for fun, you know. And, and, and I actually decided to go and study design because I thought, well, I can probably paint with colors all day. And I took a bunch of color pencils and I went to design school. But uh, I'm very happy that I did that because it kind of introduced me to this whole different thing that I never knew about, a whole field of design. It's, it's, it's more than art. It's, it's not just making some pretty pictures, you know. It's, it's actually solving real problems. So I think that's that's probably the journey into into design for me, I think. That's really interesting to hear. And I think a part of what you mentioned is the earliest memory about the experiences building for the web, like HTML and this early form factor and the design. So my question for you would be, as a designer, as a product designer now, how has design changed over time for you? like from this marquee text and blinking text to the modern apps, how has been that change uh, for yourself? Okay, so uh, I remember thinking about the web when I was very, very young. Hey, maybe this could be real. Maybe I could, uh, you know, make this into a career. Maybe there's a way to kind of earn a living out of uh, out of this thing. And this was long, long time ago. Or could probably didn't exist at that time. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but, um, you know, uh, but, but like fast forward to today, all of those things and more has happened. And I think even when I was actually thinking about it, these things were happening in America, just that I was not aware of them. And, and, and uh, well, I think the web is at a, at a, is, is at a really beautiful place at, at this time. Um, the whole 
human network. I think information is just just a few taps away. That that makes it very very powerful. And and uh, as as we talk about it today, it still remains open, free. Uh, well, I hope it remains the same way going forward as well. But um, I think it's it 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 evolved into something real right now than it was before. Uh, it 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 it's not a website kind of giving you a brochure anymore. It, it it's 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 like a living, moving, breathing thing which responds to your thoughts, which res- responds to the questions, or which which kind of inspires you at times, which which connects you with other people, which uh, kind of I don't know dissolved boundaries, if I may put it that way, because I have friends from all over the world, thanks to the internet, um, who I haven't seen or met or whatever, but I, I, I know them at a very deeper level. Um, and I don't think it would have been possible without without the internet and its evolution. So obviously like things have gotten faster, better, um, performant and all of that. I, but also I think the collective design consciousness also had like progressed a lot from from, where I saw the web or the internet or or, or design in, in 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 general, fifteen years ago to to today, it's 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 amazing. Thank you for sharing that, Vinod. Uh, I heard a term, design consciousness. Uh, could you explain to me what do you mean by this term? That's that's a great question. So let me put it this way. So most of the times when a product is designed designed badly or if it's designed badly okay well that's that's uh, that's not a statement which i, I want to make let me let me clarify designed badly in the sense designed without consideration of how this thing is going to be used or who this is who's going to use this thing you know it could be anything it could be a it could be a ballpoint pen or it could be uh, the form factor of the phone that you're holding in your hands it could be anything it could be a coffee maker or it could be your espresso machine, the intent is very clear. If it's designed very well, it is invisible. It's, uh, it's, you're just going to use it. You're not going to be thinking about it twice. But if it's not considered design, then it stands out. So most of the times, the person who uses it kind of feels that they are insufficient or they are not smart enough in a way. That's how a badly designed product can make someone feel. I think understanding this and 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 kind of being aware of that is is probably what design consciousness is. And it's it's you don't have to be a designer to have a design consciousness, really. Like it's not like you should be a musician to be able to appreciate music, right? Like you don't have to know how to play the piano, but you can still appreciate Bach. So uh, similar. I mean, I think. That's 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 what design consciousness really is, and I, I believe everybody should, uh, and everybody does have that inherently, and just that awareness of it would uh, would be great. And and design consciousness would probably start by asking the question, why? Why does it look like this? Why should it be like this? Is there a way that I could change it in a way that that would make this better? Anything that cannot be changed anymore without losing its meaning or its usefulness is probably good design. 
and and not everything around us has evolved to that point from things to policies to governments to democracies to philosophies to everything everything is evolving constantly so mm, that process of evolution well would move forward if if the collective design consciousness is 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 i don't know if if it's if, if it rises and i think um, it is in a way the world's looking very hopeful right now <laughs> thank you for answering that uh keeping on the topic of good design uh we know do you have products or services that you think are really good examples of a good design and having this design consciousness that you talked about there's a lot of products that i use every day and and i have like a set of tools that i've committed myself to because uh, i also try to cut out noise so i am always looking for a better design product at all times which solves my problem faster better simpler it could could be anything even if it's a marginal improvement in my workflow i'm going to go and use that tool so i use um figma primarily that's my bread and butter right now i love the way it it enhances the collaboration between other designers between you know other design i mean non design stakeholders as well um i use mindnode for for mind map mind mapping and stuff which is pretty cool um i don't know there are text editors that i use atom and sublime uh i use pixelmator which is an amazing amazing um image editing tool i use vectornator which is a really super cool vector editing tool as well i i moved away from adobe a long time ago i don't think they are um focused tools for for my purpose at least it's it's way too much and and something that i don't need so i kind of well these are products that i use and love uh, i love basecamp a lot i love um the kind of philosophy they stand for um in terms of how they run their business how they treat their employees how they how they also approach a product problem and how they build things uh when everybody swims one way there are a few which swims the other and and they kind of change things they they were the first ones to talk about hey we can work remotely and that's all right our entire company does not need to have more than 30 employees we would not work more than 4 days uh, a week and 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 these are really revolutionary things to think about because they probably are one of the very few that actually said hey henry ford's 8 hours day does not work in 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 all situations it's not about how many hours you put in it's it's about the quality of those hours and and you know so these are products and 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 i mean i i gave you basecamp as an example because it's it's not just the way a product looks like or or works like for me for me it's it's more like the back story what did the person go through building this why did they build this in the first place uh and and if i'm convinced about the reason for this thing to exist i i i kind of fall in love when i use those products anyway so awesome so vinod what is your typical day if you have a typical day um <laughs> working uh usually looks like amazing question so a typical day uh starts when i wake up and i make my cup of coffee and i have to have an hour to myself the first hour in the morning so that you know i can collect my thoughts kind of figure out what are the things that i need to do throughout the day and then i pick the high impact ones so i prioritize prioritize them and 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 kind of like uh kind of have basically a task list in the morning if i i just write them down on my notebook and uh, 
So you have like a list of things that you should focus on. But there's always new things coming in. There are people uh, talking to you and you're collaborating on, on many things at the same time. So um, mostly it's about uh, a big portion of the day is spent, uh, I think, thinking about a certain problem. And uh, in, in this case, uh, at Dive, um, I also produce. So I need to find the balance between thinking about the problem, thinking about the user, figuring out feedback research and all of these things that, that's coming in from different channels. Also kind of aligning with the, the founder who has this idea of how this product should work like. So you kind of like experiment and then you kind of come up with, okay, maybe this product would work like this. So I, I spent a lot of time kind of making some UI on Figma and I spend a lot of time, a lot more actually on origami to kind of make them into prototypes, which I can give to users and kind of collect feedbacks and stuff like that. So that's that's my typical day. And, and I think the process of creation is very, very brutal. I think it takes a part of you when it comes out and, and exists on its, on its own. So anyone who's creative probably would, would understand this. It, it's, it's a very uh, not so pleasant feeling, but, but by the end of it, then when you make something, it kind of feels like it's all worth it, you know. So that's 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 more or less every day for me. Thank you. So I have now an interesting question for you, and probably your comments will be really useful. And like every job and profession has its own set of stereotypes or perceptions from other people, right? Which are not always right. I would say most cases are not right. So, so for example. I think really early on, probably 15, 20 years back, uh, the perception perhaps I got to know from people about designers is like, hey, designer is sitting in just one corner and uses Photoshop to mock something and then just passes it to the design, to the engineer to implement it and they are done. So that's their job. And that's how I was told by one other guy uh, who I was working with about a designer. And I'm not sure, obviously, at that time, what, how to interpret that, but it obviously formed a perception at that point of time. This is really 15, 20 years back. So I want to kind of understand from you, how do you see this comment and this perception about designers in general? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good example. And I've, I've kind of heard, heard that a lot as well. And, and to a certain extent, uh, it is true um I, I don't know if it's like a controversial thing to say but it is not true at the same time as well so it, it it depends actually so if you are designing for the web you need to know the underworkings of it if you do not understand what a dom structure is then you're not going to be very successful and you're not going to get very far for designing i mean you know, as a designer designing for the web. And if, if you are making a map, you should probably know, should know how, how all of this is going to come together at the end. And if you have that understanding, you really, you really don't have to be a great programmer. That's not what I mean. But if you kind of know how all of this is organized, how all of this actually is working in its final form, then you probably are not uh, a person who are moving things just in, in Photoshop. You have a greater understanding about uh, the inner workings of it. So, so when you when you design, you're mindful of them, and and they are 
closer to reality. Any design I make, I understand that it's not real at all, unless, because it's only real when it's translated to its medium and you are actually looking at it, um, I don't know, on your, on your smartphone or, or, or on the web in a browser, you know. So any designer who does not understand that probably will fit in, into that stereotype. And, and I, I, that's why I believe it is true. But I think these days it's changing. I see um, people learning how to code, how to make things. They're making real prototypes. Um, and they are kind of pushing the platform further as well by, by you know, by constantly innovating simpler ways, intuitive ways to kind of present information. So, uh, well, a designer and a stylist. So sometimes you are, I, I've been in situations like that where in a certain organization or when you work with a certain, uh, certain people who do not understand what design can achieve, they, they consider you a stylist. So they think you make things pretty. And uh, that's that is a stereotype. I don't know if that stereotype exists in in in, uh, in the designer's mind, but I've seen um, this exist in, in people who work with those designers. So in that case, the stereotype is not the designer, but uh, the person who actually thinks uh, or rather perceives a designer as a stylist. So, but uh, more often than not, I I work with people who actually do understand what design is, and even if you are that stereotypical designer, uh, they move you forward, they kind of introduce you to the things that you don't know yet. For example, I remember uh, when we were working at Tori Harris, uh, <laughs> I think it's Raghu, uh, he told me, nothing's going to break, this computer is not going to burst, you, may, you write a wrong line of code, it's just not going to work, you figure it out, you, you make it better, and that's the process you need to learn. So things like this kind of gave me uh, an insight on the missing puzzles of, of of how this medium really works. And that kind of makes me a better designer, I believe. So I probably belonged to that stereotype at some point, but I, I made efforts to kind of move away from it just by expanding my understanding. So uh, anyone who hears this probably should not worry about stereotypes a lot, uh, but also acknowledge the fact that uh, to some extent it does exist. <laughs> Uh, so if you, if you find yourself in it, it's fine. No worries. It's 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 just that you need to be aware of the fact and and kind of try and make yourself better. So move forward, learn more, expand uh, your understanding of the medium. Any medium, it may be you might be sculpting, then you understand the rock or you understand the the clay better. So once you have a better understanding of your medium, your art will obviously be not stereotypical at all. So okay, and I have another one for you. And uh, this is like some perceptions around it's hard to get estimates for a creative work like designing. Like it's hard to keep designers stick to a schedule because it's an organic process and it takes time. How would you respond to that? That is true. That is true. Uh, it's very hard to estimate time. I still have trouble uh, estimating time when it comes to solving a problem with design. But Here's what I suggest, or here's what I follow. Um, I try and make uh, the first version of it as fast as I can. Uh, at that point, I do not worry about. I mean, I collect information. Is is there any data that it's avail that is available which I can use to kind of form my decisions, or is it 
some uh, user research information that the team has come up with or do you have access to a user who you can talk to and, and about this particular problem and kind of collect some information but sometimes it's not available at all if you are doing something from scratch so in either case what i do is i kind of spend very less time initially to kind of collect all this information and i try and kind of get the first version out and show it to people who are involved and who are working together with you, right? So they kind of look at it, and now ideas fly. Now, 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 the mistakes are glaring. The good things that might work in the final version are 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 coming out as well, and the patterns emerge. And uh, I don't know, some parts of it are bang on, right on point. Some of them are not, and and then it evolves so they, then you try the next one then you try the next one and, and in the process of refining you eventually come to a point where it's it's obvious for you and and it's not a process that you should do alone and that's why i say estimation is hard but instead of doing this hey i'm, I'm going to take this problem and i'm going to work on this for five days and i'm going to come back and kind of show you a big reveal it does not work and that's 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 not how you should estimate design work if you're, if you're doing it like this then it's probably not an ideal way to go about it uh, that's that's my solution like to kind of have checkpoints quickly kind of come up with the first version then have another started again collect feedback talk to people show it to them everybody visualizes it when they have things in front of them and then during those discussions uh, I've even had situations where I kind of we went on a completely different direction at the end, like two or three hours before delivery, because well that made sense at that point, and we were able to kind of achieve that and kind of ship something because we went through this process because we did all the wrong things, and that leads you to doing the right thing. So you you make mistakes often, and you make them faster as fast as you can, and and as more information emerges that will inform your design and that will kind of add to it and, and you kind of evolve that process. So there is mostly evolution, but uh, estimation is a different thing from having a timeline. Like for example, if you have two weeks to design something, then you can probably do this process for longer. Uh, but if you have like two days to do something, then you've got to do the same process, but probably you won't have enough time to evolve this further. So you've got to like stop at some point and say, hey, with the current time, with the current constraints, this is the best that we could do. And these are the basic uh, hygiene that we wanted it to solve. And it checks out. Then you ship it. And it's not going to be perfect, but, you know, you can always come back and, and kind of start the evolution process again. So it's 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 like a constant work in progress. Nothing, nothing ever gets completed with design. Like whatever you did yesterday kind of would change today based on something you realized or something someone told or 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 a user interview or 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 you know so yeah well it's it's a, it's a it's a process of constant evolution so how would you estimate it like it's uh, you can only estimate when you can actually see the end of it but there is no end to this at all so you can constantly keep doing it also not fall into the pit of like kind of doing overdoing it like you shouldn't you know kind of do this process uh, too much that it kind of morphs into something that it's not the original idea anymore so right i thank you thank you for putting it together i think it was really enlightening so if there is a person listening to this podcast who may be in university or in a school or maybe in a completely different profession and you are advising them to be able to get into the same profession as you are as a product designer 
how do they start what should they study what should they do and what experiences you would like them to have to be able to build themselves for this profession that's great so that's a great question actually so if uh, i'm go- i'm going to give advice uh, to myself to my younger self because uh, this is what i would have uh, wanted to hear because uh, i'm also bad at giving advices to other people so let me just do this to a younger version of myself who's trying to get into design and understand what it is and stuff like that so first be very clear and very thorough about the basics uh in my case if it's digital product design i need to understand graphic design at its very fundamental elements right like line spacing grids typography so on and so forth like you should look at examples uh try and recreate people who you are drawn to whose work you like um that's that's fine unless you i mean it's it's not something you should publish or whatever but it's just done for practice no one has to see it you 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 just do them yourself then you eventually will open your eyes to kind of see what is good and what is bad and eventually your own style will emerge as well so now into digital product design from graphic design or 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 you know kind of like translating your uh, ability to kind of make something work together uh, as in like layout uh, i mean I'm, i'm i'm referring to visual design here but like you kind of like take those skills and you move move on figuring out how can i use this to solve a problem how can i be to the point to a user how can i make uh, a 60 year old man who probably wears glasses to be able to send um some money to his his son who's studying in a university abroad or something you know so these these this is a real problem and and now design kind of becomes um not more i mean it's 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 not how how things look like anymore it's it's, it's about how things would work and and you kind of have to take those skills and make this task happen and that's what a product designer does in a way so it's it's like a long journey uh it's it's very easy to give up it's it's a very very frustrating process to be a creative person and and if you are the kind which which likes that process which wants to see or wants to find the final solution of how it should look like then this is the right profession for you it's very rewarding too in a way because now now you can make things now now you're super empowered and now you can look for problems uh you know around you and and problems that you yourself have and maybe that's probably a place to kind of start practice ship collect feedback make mistakes um this is a very uh, impermanent medium it's very malleable you can keep changing as you go uh, and and nothing ever is perfect so if you're trying to find the perfect solution for something mm, that's that's going to be very hard and 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 it's it's probably impossible to achieve perfection on on at least the first stab so so believe in the process of evolution believe that you will see or rather you will find the solution that you don't see at this point like staring at the blank screen is probably one of the most difficult things um as as being creative so it's it's getting past that point having hope that you would eventually find that solution and then you kind of look 
into information that is available and then people around you always ask questions, always try to understand more. Um, there is no harm in asking the question why and, and, and I, I heard or read it somewhere that you have to ask the question five times and if you get the uh, if you get a convincing answer even the fifth time then probably that's the right answer because if you ask why five times then most often than not the question itself changes so uh, design is a great field uh, it's it's not making things pretty at all and if that's what uh, drives you it's great it's 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 a gateway drug to to make pretty things yes i understand that but it's uh, also important to kind of understand human beings and, and design for them. It's, it's not always uh, making nice looking things. That was awesome, Vinod. So we are at the end of this podcast now. So thank you, Vinod. Uh, this conversation was so enlightening for me. And I hope this was also for the listeners. And Vinod, I think it was also a good experience for you as well. Absolutely, Vivek. Thanks a lot for this opportunity and thanks for everybody who's listening or who will listen in the future. <laughs> um, this, this, this has been fun, Vivek. This, this is the first podcast that I've ever done and, and obviously I'm, I'm a bit nervous, but <laughs> I had fun. I had fun and, and really great questions and, and thanks for having me. Thank you for joining this podcast. I hope this was useful and you learned a lot. For more such great podcasts, please do not forget to subscribe to the podcast channel In Your Shoes on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Music. New podcasts are uploaded every two weeks. Goodbye.